0: Welcome to Sparkle Speak. This is a podcast sponsored by Sparkle, which is a Christian women's ministry designed to connect women with the purpose of inspiration and encouragement. Each week, we will interview a new guest who will share her personal experience with Christianity. Whether you identify yourself as a Christian or not, this podcast is for you, and our intent is always to inspire one another through our own unique and individual stories of how God has moved and shaped us. Wherever you are listening today, we hope you enjoy this story of faith. Hey everyone, welcome back to Sparkle Speak. I'm your host, Catherine, And today we have a pre-recorded episode. We recorded this back when I used to have a different podcast called Watered Wednesdays. And I used to have a co-host, her name is Allie. So she will be the third voice that you hear on today's episode. Um, Today's story features Krista. She is a friend of mine and she walked through a season a few years ago where she experienced a loss. Um, so her story is just kind of centered around how God walked her through that and and what he's shown her since. So please enjoy hearing from Krista. Well, I am married to Aaron and we
1: live in Metro Detroit and we um, have our son Levi. He is 21 months old, so... I cannot believe it, but his second birthday is coming up in like three months here, and the time's just mm-hmm. flying. But yeah, just our little family, just chilling. <laughs> 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 That's good.
0: Yeah. And
1: you actually work for the church too.
0: You work for yes. Woodside yes. Detroit.
1: Yes. I am the campus administrative assistant. So I have been working at Woodside Detroit for I'm um, a little over four years now. Um, And I never thought I would work in the church ever. Like I went to a Lutheran uh, university, Concordia University in Ann Arbor. And I had lots of friends who were studying to take various jobs in the church. And I was like, I'm never doing that. And then here I am. So (laughs) Mm -hmm. Classic. Classic.
2: (laughs) Yeah. That's what happens whenever anyone says I'm never going to do that. It ultimately happens. Oh, yes. Sure does. (laughs) Too funny. Yeah.
0: Well, we look forward to hearing, I mean, I don't know if you plan on sharing any more about that as we kind of dive into the other questions too, but feel free to share more about that too if it comes up. Sure. Um, But yeah, kind of talking about that, like just kind of where you started (laughs) um in your faith journey do you want to tell us a little bit about like when you first started identifying yourself as a Christian or like how did you come to know the Lord
1: sure um I don't actually remember when I first started identifying as a Christian it just has always been a part of who I am um I grew up in the Lutheran church um and I've just kind of known about Jesus ever since I can remember really just kind of like woven into my brain and in my heart since childhood. Um and so I just kinda like came to know him through my parents and my Sunday school teachers and um the teachers at the Lutheran school that I grew up in. It was like a K through twelve. So religion, class was always like a part of every day. But um yeah, I just came to know him that way. And it, you know, it kind of started out like just childlike faith you know, learning about different Bible Mm -hmm. stories and things. But as I grew older, um, came to know him more as like my own personal savior. And, you know, as I experienced him as a part of my own life, and not just like a part of my parents' stories or my friends' lives. Um, But yeah, just got to know him as my own personal savior. So
0: Mm -hmm. I wish
1: I had one of those really cool stories of where they're like, I discovered God, and it was like this massive, crazy story, I don't know, real dramatic and wonderful, but yeah, he's just always been a part of my life growing up, so. Oh,
0: yeah, boy. but you know what, though, like, I, I've i just, I think it's been so cool, even just doing the um, interviews on the podcast lately, because everyone's story is so unique, but yes. I think there's such beauty in knowing God from a young age, too, like, yeah. Mm-hmm there I mean any story is amazing because it all reflects like I was saying earlier like just God's goodness like absolutely you know and how cool that he revealed himself to you when you were so young I mean that's truly a gift you know absolutely yeah yeah do you feel like um there have been challenges that you've faced in your life that have kind of played a role in your faith um And if so, like, do you want to share some of those challenges and just kind of talk about how that has played a role in your faith? Sure. Yeah. Like I said, I just kind
1: of had this basic Christian faith all growing up. And I feel like I kind of just had a really easy childhood. It was really normal, really healthy, really safe. Um, And I didn't really experience anything traumatic or Anything hard that would really shake my faith until um like three years ago, so I can tell you a little about about that if you're interested <laughs> yeah. sure yeah. okay so um about it's been like three years ago now it was in the summer of two thousand and seventeen I kind of entered this season unexpectedly where I really struggled to trust God's sovereignty and his character um, following the miscarriage of our first baby. Um, basically, in the summer months leading up to finding out I was pregnant with our first child, it was in August three years ago, I found out I was pregnant. Um, beginning of that summer, I just kind of felt the Lord's hand over me in a very tender and personal way. he just been kind of showing up and and just kind of pulling me in and just these gentle little love notes here and there, um, that I could just feel him pressing in my heart how much I was loved and how intimately he knew me. Um, and like what was in my heart and it, he was just very, he just drew very close to me that summer. Um, and we had been hoping and praying for baby, but, uh, So when I found out I was pregnant, I felt like everything that he had been pressing in my heart that summer had all been leading up to that moment, (laughs) like Mm. the new season we were entering into. Um, And, but that wasn't the entirety of his message that he had been kind of giving me all summer. That was just kind of one part of it. And I wouldn't understand the rest of it till later on. Um, and I think he knew that I wouldn't get all of it until later. <laughs> and I think that's like how it was supposed to go. Um, mm. hindsight's always twenty twenty, And it's kind of interesting how God works, but basically we found out we were pregnant and I was like, Oh, this is meant to be, it was a, an exciting time. And then a month later we lost the baby and, um, I was really shocked. It was traumatizing. I was really devastated. Um, and like deep grief just kind of suddenly took place of the immense joy I had been experiencing. Um, it was a very unwelcome change, (laughs) and Mm -hmm. more than anything, I was furious. I was furious with God for letting my baby die. Um, Mm like I knew that He knew it was going to happen. And so I looked back on those months leading up to where I, I was then, um, like all those sweet messages and notes and signs that I felt like God had been giving me and he seemed so close and so loving. And at that point I felt like he had just been lying to me the whole time that I would just been tricked and like he had been leading me on, you know, um, mm-hmm. And so like that simple lifelong faith I had had growing up, it was just no longer simple. It was broken and I was very confused and faith was just suddenly like really complicated to me. (laughs) And I had to like relearn what trust was. And I also felt the need to just investigate the part that God played in the death of my baby. Like I needed to figure out like, are you good? Are you a good, kind, loving God? Because right now it does not seem like it. Um, so in my investigations, I kind of went back to the beginning. And when I mean the beginning, I mean like Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> I I spent a lot of time reading in Genesis about God's original design of Eden and kind of relearning God's original intentions when he created the world and when he created us that his heart for us was to experience beauty and perfection and life not death that wasn't a part of his original plan when he created the Garden of Eden um and so I eventually learned like even though he allowed death to incur to occur inside my womb um, to my baby like this part of my life isn't the be all end all. Like his mm-hmm. heart for me is ultimately just to know him and be with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of slowly had to learn um to accept that even though he knew our baby was going to die and um, didn't choose to keep him or her alive inside my womb, that he's still a good God. And I won't have all the answers to my questions. And that was a rough journey getting there. But, um, you know, growing up, I'd always stood by the statement that everything always happens for a reason in the sense that things are tied together, events in our lives are tied together, and the details are tied together as a part of his plan. Um, mm-hmm. And so I grappled a lot with, like, wondering if... God in all his sovereignty allowed the death of our child because he knew it would draw me closer to him. Um, Like, AKA it's my fault because my faith wasn't strong enough. So God had to do something drastic, like let my baby die so that I would come to know him better. And like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) or maybe it was Mm -hmm. another reason, but going down that road just always brought me a lot of guilt and more questions Mm -hmm. than the tendency to question God. So I try not to go there. Um, And maybe there's not even like a real tangible reason. Maybe it's just simply the result of sin in our world and mankind's disobedience to God, you know, like Mm -hmm. death is, is the consequence of sin. Um, So through my angry investigations (laughs) and like marching through the Bible, trying to find answers, you know, um, I started to actually understand God differently And in a deeper way, um, which surprise, surprise, has always been his desire for me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Then one day, I don't remember exactly when it was, but it was a few months after the miscarriage. But something clicked and I finally felt like I fully understood the message that I had felt him pressing into my heart all summer leading up to discovering my pregnancy And he had actually been preparing my heart for grief the whole time Um, and was like intentionally romancing me in a tender way so that I could eventually recall his loving character later on in my grief and in the midst of relearning who he was. Mm
2: -hmm. Essentially,
1: like he just provided me with solid ground to find and stand on later when I was in the process of drowning. (laughs) It was like, he's like, this is who I am. This is how much I love you. This is how much I know you. I know you better than anyone. And you're going to need this later (laughs) in a few months when you start doubting who I am. It's going to take you a bit for the fog to clear and for you to remember who I am. But someday you're going to look back on this and it's, you're going to need it. Wow. Yeah. And the other thing that I came to realize was, um, not, he didn't, it wasn't like he allowed my baby to die and that he just stood by and let it happen. But he actually gave him or her like the best gift possible by just ushering them straight into his, into heaven, into his beautiful presence. He didn't just like watch on the sidelines as they withered away, but Instead, he took my tiny child into his hands and healed them. Mm. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. My child isn't dead. (laughs) Yeah. He or she is like alive and whole and thriving. And so I began to see, I began to take on a more eternal perspective. And yeah, like our separation is only temporary, and it's all because. God sacrificed his son on the cross so that death isn't a permanent consequence of sin, but just temporary. And so now I just kind of see it like death is just a doorway we walk through in order to be with God for eternity. And when that settled in my heart, I finally realized like, what more could I ever want for my child than to be experiencing God in all his glory and to be with him? Like, yeah. Isn't that what we ultimately want for our children is to right. know God? <laughs> and like, my little baby is, he or she knows God. Mm. They're with him.
0: So, right. uh, lots of peace there. <laughs> wow, you got me teary-eyed over here. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I mean, so heartbreaking, like just hearing you share that, but so beautiful yeah. at the same time. I mean, truly. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely changed
2: me inside and out, for sure. Yes.
0: Wow, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful that you can reflect on it and put it together as, like, a story as you did, you know? Like, mm-hmm. even just how you picture God in those different times. And um, yeah. I think it really just reveals to, like, how patient he is with us and like, yeah. you know, cause like you said, he pulled you close and then this, you know, this happened. And then, but he was like still there just like waiting yeah. for, like you said, for the yeah. fog to clear. Um, yes. so I just loved that. I, I, yeah, his yeah. patience was really something that like emanated out of that story for me.
1: Yeah. That's, that's what it was. And that patience I had originally, uh, it felt more like silence to me. Like I was hearing from him all summer. I just felt surrounded by his love. And then our baby was gone and he was just silent. And he's like, he just needed me to get it all out of my system. Like all my anger, he just took it. He just took my anger and um, all the fury, like, (laughs) I was angry for a while, like at least <laughs> two months, like I was angry, and he just waited and just let me come find him again and choose him again, and yeah, he brought like those messages back to life, like right mm-hmm. in front of my face um in due time, so yeah not silent. Sometimes he's silent sometimes, but it's, yeah, he's just waiting for us. He's just waiting for us to kind of get
0: there, you know? Well, and I'm so thankful you just shared this because I think, I mean, number one, you know, a lot of people go through this very specific type of pain, you know, with miscarriage. And so I'm really thankful you're speaking on it and sharing because, um, you know, I hope it brings a lot of hope and, healing to some people, but then even beyond that, it's like, it applies to all of our pain too at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and so I'm just glad you shared what you shared. Cause it makes sense for, for any hardship or any challenge or any pain. Absolutely. Um, I actually heard this analogy one time that was like, um, there was someone I knew she was going through a really rough spot in her faith and um, kind of similar to what you were explaining, Krista, where she just kind of felt like she had to like <laughs> re relearn, yeah, re yeah, kind of start over with God almost. And she's like, I feel mm-hmm. like what happened was my faith was like a chair, and yes. the legs just got like broken and kicked out from underneath the chair. Like yeah, they were just totally gone and. I had to like rebuild, those legs had to be rebuilt on my chair. But she was like, the beautiful thing is, is that when they were rebuilt, they were rebuilt stronger. Yes. And it's like my chair is like more sturdy and like a better foundation than it even was before.
1: That's so beautiful. I love that analogy. That's so great.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah, I feel like the way I always described it was I had like a jar of rocks, (laughs) like a rock collection. And each rock kind of symbolized, the various, the the various things I knew about God, like that he was trustworthy, that he was patient, that he was loving, that he was good. And when we lost the baby, the jar of rocks spilled over and they all fell out. And I had to take each of those rocks, each of those characteristics of God and kind of put them in my hand one by one, turn them around and kind of reevaluate relearn it before I could put it back in the jar. And it was like a long process of picking up each thing I knew about God, trying to figure out how I felt about it, what I believed about it, what scripture said about it before I could put it back in my jar. But yeah, I love the the analogy of the chair.
0: That's beautiful. Yeah. No, that, and the rock analogy is great too. I have another question. Was there like any like resource that you really leaned into during this time? Like, um, I don't know if it was like a book or a, a person or whatever, or was it just kind of a series of things that kind of I yeah know, guide you in this healing?
1: Yeah. Way? I, I did a lot of Googling <laughs> along <laughs> with searching in the scriptures for something that, um, talked about miscarriage. And once I started reading online that like what other women were experiencing, um, I started to feel less alone, um, which I think is really important. A lot of different losses, especially miscarriage can make you feel isolated. And, um, when in actuality, miscarriage is something that happens to one out of four women. Um, so it's not uncommon, but it is, um, it's very valid to grieve a miscarriage, (laughs) like just because it's, "Quote unquote," common does not mean that it's not hard. Um, but mm-hmm. so I kind of just read a lot of articles about miscarriage. I also read a book. It's it's on my shelf in the other room. I could go run and grab it, but then I don't know. I don't know if I could find it in time. But um, if I remember correctly, it's just a small little quick book called um, "Pain Redeemed." I'm pretty sure, and I can't even mm-hmm. recall who the author is. Um, but it was, um, a book written by a woman who had experienced some miscarriages and as well as infertility. And, um, she just talked through, um, yeah, her own faith journey and how she viewed God. And it, I was like, I started it over after I read through the whole thing and just was like highlighting everything. (laughs) Like, this is something Mm. I want to come back to later. But, um, I also did a lot of of journaling. I have a miscarriage journal that I wrote in often just to kind of help, um, process and get it all out on paper. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, there's just a lot of stuff that I read online that just helped, um, and articles about miscarriage that were just really eye-opening. Um,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. What Was Pain Redeemed written by Natasha Metzler? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, that I found right. it. I Googled it. <laughs> good, good. <laughs>
1: good, thank you. Thank you, thank you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, it's a quick little read, but it was, she's really honest and vulnerable about like tough feelings she had about, you know, a lot of things, but one of them I remember being around other women who were pregnant and how hard that was for her. Um, but kind of how she got through it. That was one of the many mm-hmm. things. And my grief that I struggled with was how do I be around people I love who are expecting babies when I'm not anymore? Um, mm-hmm. so it's tough. There's a lot of things about miscarriage that are just really
2: tough to walk through. So, um, yeah. And can, layered and then, yeah, yeah. like people know, and then they'll be like, Oh, how are you feeling? And it's like, <clears throat>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm feeling broken. Time. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, God's grace redeems us, and it—it's yeah, it's just a journey, and it's grief is never ending. There's no—you cannot put a timeline to it. It just kind of becomes part of who you are, and um, just something that you kind of move through um a little bit at a time and it changes over time but yeah it's it's a journey
2: <laughs> yeah i've heard mm-hmm. grief described as like love you have for some something or someone that you can no longer give to them so it's like
0: yes. like this
2: pain and aching right like mm-hmm. you know you have this love and then you're not really sure what to do with it and then it kind of comes out this other way that's called grief
1: yeah yeah oh, absolutely yeah. I also remember you telling me, Allie, you sent me, um, back when I was walking through this, you sent me a quote that you had read or heard from somewhere saying like, grief is like, like a day at the beach or like after you spend a day at the beach, you come home later and you're still finding like bits of sand, like in your hair Mm -hmm. or like in your clothes, in your beach bag. And it just kind of, it's never really fully gone. Like it just kind of comes home with you and shows up in unexpected places. And I was like, dang, that's accurate.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that is a good analogy. Yeah.
0: It's true because you'll, you know, you never truly get over a loss. I mean, (laughs) it will come up. It will resurface at times. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. 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 Definitely. Well, Krista, I do really appreciate you sharing that with us. I think it's yeah. I, just the way you even—I don't know—just shared that was very eloquent mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just—I don't know. I expected nothing less, to be honest. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> I've read You're your so writing nice. for years. I know how Aww. you process, and it, it's yeah. beautiful. It always—it always has been, and it always will be. I know mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I—I I appreciate any opportunity I get to share the story. Just because Mm -hmm. I feel like the purpose in it, not that there always has to be a purpose in every single thing that happens to you, but for me, it brings meaning to what I walk through. Because, first of all, I get to honor the child that we never got to really know um, and Mm -hmm. just kind of honor his or her life and their existence, even though it was very short, it was extremely impactful. But also, I get to talk about. (laughs) <laughs> about God's role in all of that, the role that I was in investigating and <laughs> being very critical mm-hmm. of, but now I get to talk about what he did and, um, who he is. So yeah, I love having the
0: opportunity to talk about it. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Sparkle Speak. If you are interested in following us on social media, you can find us on Instagram at underscore SparkleFaith underscore or at SparkleFaith.com. There you can find information on upcoming events and speakers. And please feel free to reach out to us if you have a personal story of faith that you would be willing to share with us. We hope you tune in again next week. And we hope your week is full of the sparkle we all need.
1: Hey there, it's Carly Mercoulier, host of Therapy and Theology, a weekly podcast that explores popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.